You talking about football? Yeah, football, NFC, North. Now let's talk football. Welcome back, everybody. This is Headed North, an NFC North podcast, and I am your host, Detron. This week on The Slate, we are talking Jeff Okuda. He is no longer a member of the Lions. We'll talk about where he went. We're also going to be discussing a veteran wide receiver pickup from the Minnesota Vikings and potentially some cheap options that they might have to sort of shore up that defense here in the next couple of weeks. Of course, going to talk about the Bears and the Packers as well. We're also going to cover a story by Chad Reuter. He is a draft analyst over at NFL.com. He wrote up a story uh, for this draft and he listed out who he believes are the ideal top two picks for each team's draft position. And so we're going to cover which picks he selected for the four teams in the NFC North and then sort of give our insights into how we feel about those draft picks leading into the draft, which is only like two weeks away. All right. Before we get into our topics for the day, definitely want to let you guys know about our sponsor. Been a sponsor now for a couple of weeks. We're really loving it. OffRacksShop.com. OffRacksShop.com is a online thrift store. They have a great selection of women's and men's clothing as well as accessories and more. So if you have an opportunity, head down to our show description or our show notes. Get the code for 15% off of your next purchase at OffRacksShop.com. All right, so we are actually going to get started with the Green Bay Packers today, and I am going to try not to mention he who shall not be named. If you're a Harry Potter fan, then you know what I'm talking about, and if you're in the NFC North, you definitely know we don't want to say his name. Get him out of here. But look, I am starting to believe that much of this uh, New York Giants and Green Bay Packers um, stalemate is less to do about he who shall not be named, and more about trying to jockey for some kind of increased draft position. I think that the Jets are hoping to stalemate through the draft so that they don't have to give up the 13th overall pick, and they can then pitch something else as capital because I think they want to utilize that pick and I don't I don't I don't see Green Bay giving up Aaron Rodgers without getting something that is commensurable to getting them um, a quality top 20 draft pick for this year because they got to get some weapons for Jordan Love so I think the stalemate that's being created uh, has a lot more to do with trying to hold off on giving up that draft pick for this year which is less about Rodgers ah, I did it Man, I said his name. Less about him trying to craft a team in New York on his own uh, and pull some LeBron James-like strings and more about the Green Bay Packers likely wanting too much for him right at this moment. But with that being said, I think that draft strategy will likely pay off for the Jets. It doesn't seem like staying in Green Bay is an option. So the Jets being able to utilize their first round draft pick how they want and then also be able to offer up some sort of conditional future picks for the Green Bay Packers could get them the best of both worlds get them you know the tools that they need right now to win but also the veteran quarterback that they have been clamoring over basically all offseason and then give up some capital that they feel like may not be as important if they're out winning championships uh, in the next year or two. So I think that that's what's happening between the Jets and the Green Bay Packers, a little bit of stalemate purposefully done by both teams. I did mention the story written up on NFL.com by Chad Reuter. Sorry, I think I might have called him Chris Reuter earlier in the show. If I did, 
My bad, Chad. Uh, so Chad wrote up the top two selections that he thinks should go in the draft for each team. And for the Green Bay Packers, he said that first round uh, 15th pick, and this is again, Assuming that they don't get additional picks, the fifteenth over the 15th overall pick, they should take Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. Tight end is definitely a position that Green Bay is lacking. We talked about this sort of at length about them losing Tunyon and needing someone who can block and catch out of that position to give some more weapons to Jordan Love. Uh, they really do need a presence down in the um, in the red zone for someone who is big bodied. So if they aren't going to go and get a, a, a large receiver to help them out, definitely a pass catching tight end is going to be right at the top of that list. So I can see Dalton Kincaid being a, a really good selection for them at 15. Chad also wrote in the second round, the number 45 overall pick to go with Brian Branch, who was a safety out of Alabama. Now, I don't know much about Brian Branch, but I do know that the secondary for Green Bay is in a decent spot. They do have some, some quality D-backs, but they don't have a bunch of depth. So adding someone, which we'll have to do some research on Brian Branch to see if that's a good pickup, but I'm assuming that if, if Chad's got him going second round, 45th overall, in a draft that is pretty deep at the D-back and safety position, he's probably got some talent. So watching some film on him might give me a better sense, but I'll tell you, that's who he's got selected. As far as my selections for Green Bay, I think he's shooting in the right area. Definitely going with a tight end for all the reasons that I already listed. And then defensive back or another weapon for Jordan Love. So a big receiver is where I would go. The draft is deep in receiver, deep in defensive back. So there's going to be some value left out there for them to get. Again, I don't know much about Brian Branch and if that's a good pickup, but definitely uh, the Dalton Kincaid is a, is a solid move. Next. We are getting into the Vikings. The Vikings recently picked up Brandon Powell. So Brandon Powell, of course, a veteran wide receiver. He is now a member of the Vikings, which plays right into what we've been talking about with the Minnesota Vikings. They don't have a lot of cap space, so they can't go out and make a bunch of flashy moves. They can't go and sign people for uh, this significant amount of time to make any real financial investments into anyone uh, right now in the offseason. So going to pick up some bridges over troubled waters, if you want to look at it that way, is probably the best that the Vikings can do and add some additional resources to that offense to draw some people away from Justin Jefferson uh, and, and certainly give Kirk somebody else to pass the ball to. Their wide receiver core, with the exception of Justin Jefferson, is just okay. And so adding Brandon Powell is definitely going to provide them um, a veteran receiver who they can count on to make plays. Now, of course, the Vikings, again, are strapped for cash but they do still need to shore up some spots on that defense. There's some some holes created by veterans leaving and other players just wanting to opt out of the Vikings setup that they want to go and potentially plug. Now, with that being said, not having capital doesn't really provide you a whole lot of options, but there are a couple of players in the top 100 free agency that's still left out there. Uh, you've got Marcus Peters out of Baltimore is still available, I believe. You've got uh, Ronald Darby out of Denver. Don't know what he's going to do. You've got Shaquille uh, Griffin out of Seattle. And then Jadavian Clowney, which depending on who you ask, could be a valuable pickup or could be a value pickup. He might be, he's someone who's had some troubles in the league and hasn't necessarily put up crazy numbers. So getting him could be a value bet that the Vikings could make to try to shore up their defensive line without having to spend a whole bunch of capital to do it. 
Uh, so those are uh, individuals that I think are still on the market. I think most of them are on the market. If they're not, don't judge me. I think picking up, you know, a defensive back and a lineman will will certainly help to to shore up the Vikings defense. Again, in the absence of having the money to go out and go and get some of these top end players. Now, going back to Chad Reuter's draft um, draft analysis for the Vikings. He's got them taking in round one the number 23 overall pick, Will Levis. Whoa. So, I don't know about this one, Chad. Look, I don't think Will Levis is going to be around at 23. I think Will Levis is going to be off the board by 15, 16. I don't think he's going to make it down to 23 for the Vikings to be able to get him. But I like what Chad is suggesting here. Kirk only got one season left on his contract. So we need a we need a backup plan. And if you got a guy who you don't think is necessarily ready uh, to start today, but certainly someone who could be ready for you in a year, Will Levis would be that guy. Uh, if you get him, um, you know, he's like, uh, the, the comparisons I think they make to him is like Josh Allen. If you can get someone like that to be able to sit a year, collect from someone who is a solid starting quarterback like Kirk Cousins, uh, you might actually be creating the quarterback of the future for your organization. But again, I don't think Will Levis is going to be available at 23. I think he's going to be off the board. Yeah, I mean, I just don't, I don't see it happen, honestly. Uh, And then the next pick that they have isn't until the third round. It's the 87th pick. And he's got them taking, uh, what's his name? Kai Trail, my fault if I messed your name up, Kai Trail Clark, and he is a cornerback out of Louisville. So again, focusing on the secondary, that is a pick that you can make and add some depth and some youth to a defensive backfield that was bad last year, that was aging, and now has gaps. You do have Murphy, who they brought in, and that signing out of Arizona is going to be really good for the defensive secondary for the Minnesota Vikings. So that is a plus. But if you go and get Kai Trail Clark, which again, similar to Brian Branch. I don't know much about Kytrell. I didn't watch too many Louisville games, so I can't give you an in-depth analysis of what he's good at because I don't know. But anytime the Minnesota Vikings can provide some depth to the secondary, I'm like, do it. Uh, but again, you also have some options like Ronald Darby or Marcus Peters uh, floating out there as some veteran presence that you could potentially bring in as well. All right, so moving on to my Lions. Uh, I mentioned in the opening that Jeff Okuda is out of here. He gone, folks. And the reason that he's gone, well, not exactly sure. They haven't exactly uh, came out and spoke uh, clearly about the reason that Jeff is no longer with the team. But I'll tell you this, they let him go for like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. They got like a fifth round pick for someone who you took in the first round just a few simple years ago. So it leads me to believe that there was either something going on in the locker room where he just wasn't bought in, he wasn't bought into the vision, or there is some potential injury concern or prolonged injury concern that I think might be there. So they shipped Jeff Okuda to Atlanta Falcons, who, I mean, that's that's a cool landing spot. Atlanta's a really nice town, but... I just think that for someone that you spent that kind of investment on so far up in the draft, for him to no longer be on your team a, a couple of years after that, it's kind of disheartening, which leads me into the selections that Chad Reuter has for the Detroit Lions. So he's got us taking 
Christian Gonzalez, another cornerback, at number six. I don't know how I feel about drafting another cornerback this high up in the draft when we just shipped one off to Atlanta for a ham and cheese. Like, it just, I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me. Although, watching the tape, Christian Gonzalez is big. He's physical. He can jump like crazy. I mean, he he's the kind of cornerback you want. He's the kind of cornerback can defend some of these larger presents that the Lions run up against. And unfortunately, we just don't have the height advantage to defend. I think he's got that. Does he have it to go number six? Well, I mean, we did go and add some depth at cornerback. But you know what? Why not? Like, we the, the glaring holes, or not so glaring holes, however you want to look at it, for the Detroit Lions come on the defensive side of the ball, certainly. Uh, but more of the defensive line, trying to find some complementary pieces to the defensive line to help out or provide some spark on the other side of the ball from Aiden Hutchinson. So that's where I would focus my attention if I were going uh, numbers, if I were selecting that number six pick. I'm going with a defensive lineman. But again, Chad Reuter has us going and getting Christian Gonzalez. Now, remember, Chad wrote this today, like the 12th of April. So this is not a dated um, take on who they should get. This is very fresh for him. And so I don't know, man. It's that that's that would bother me again with us just sending away. Uh, first round overall draft pick um, for a first round draft pick for us, excuse me. And then the second pick that we have is also in the first round. It's the 18th pick. And Chad has the Lions selecting uh, Kalijah Kansi, um, defensive tackle out of pit. Sure, I'm good with there. I, I got no problems. Got no problem with that. If, you know, if someone like, Jalen Carter happens to slide down to 18. I wouldn't be mad there either. Although there's a lot of talk about Jalen Carter heading to Seattle. Uh, You know, Pete Carroll is good for giving folks second chances and really seeing people for who they are. And so I think that that's probably where he's going to land. But if he did slip, uh, I could, I'd take him. I mean, he's clearly talented and his uh, off the field stuff is potentially going to create this dip in his value. Although he was not even taking calls from teams outside the top 10. So that speaks to what him and his agent believe that he's going to be valued at here in the draft. But if he gets there, Jalen Carter would certainly be one that I would take. Uh, but in the absence of him, uh, Clancy would, would, I mean, sorry, I call him Clancy. Clancy would be a solid pickup on the defensive line for the lions. We also need a tight end, but, Again, we can get that later on in the draft, and there are a lot of D-backs in the draft, so I don't know if we need to spend um, a top draft pick on Gonzalez when there are plenty of D-backs in this draft. I mean, heck, we can probably go and get Witherspoon out of Illinois, spend a top pick on a defensive lineman, or heck, uh, Witherspoon might be available early in the second round because we got some picks there too. So I think we can add some depth at the defensive back position. We don't need to spin six on Gonzalez, but that is what Chad has the Lions selecting for six and for 18. And then for the Bears, not a whole lot on the home front for the Chicago Bears. They have been pretty quiet since making some really big splashes here in the offseason. So they've got a lot of additions to their team. They're going to have a lot to bring together as an organization, but 
what Chad Ruder has from the NFL.com analysis that he put out today. He's got uh, them taking Jalen Carter at the number nine spot. Now, I just mentioned Jalen Carter. Clearly, he is a very talented individual. Didn't have a great pro day. Had some things going on off the field. But honestly, uh, if he's available at nine, absolutely the Bears take him. Because they don't really have um, a need at the nine spot that they that they absolutely have to go and get. They shored up their defensive um, linebacker core. They could potentially shore up their uh, defensive backs, but I don't think they're going to take a defensive back at nine either unless we don't select Gonzalez. And then you could potentially see Gonzalez slip down to Chicago and they pick him up. Uh, I think the Bears have made quality moves on the offensive side of the ball already. And really their focus is going to be defense. And I think that's um, that that's what the pick with, I think that's where he's going with that Jalen Carter pick at nine. Uh, I, I do think Jalen Carter is going to be available there. I, I don't think he's going to slip down to, to 18 for us. But, you know, you can keep your fingers crossed. And then in the second round, uh, they've got Chicago Bears, or, or Chad's got Chicago Bears with the 53rd overall pick, taking Matthew Bergeron, um, offensive lineman out of Syracuse. They do need an offensive line. They do need to put a presence in front of Justin Fields so he doesn't find himself getting hurt constantly or having to scramble constantly. So I do think that some investments in the offensive line is certainly something that Chicago Bears will look to shore up in the draft if they don't go and pick up somebody in the offseason because they still got plenty of free agency money to spend. Chicago coming into this year had the most of any team to be able to spend uh, in cap space. So they may go after an offensive line. And certainly there's a, a couple of good ones out there. Uh, I think Paris Johnson Jr. also on the board. I don't know. I don't I don't think he's going to be available at 53, but anything's possible. That's it for the teams in the North. Before we get into around the league, do me a favor. If you're listening to us on any of the major streaming platforms, give us some stars, some likes, and thumb up. Save us if you like. Uh, and then if you're watching us on YouTube, definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel. Really do appreciate all of the support that you guys provide the podcast. And then secondly, if you are looking to reach viewers like you, individuals who care about football and things going on in the Midwest, definitely head down to our show notes or the description, get our email address. It's headednorthpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and let us know how we can satisfy your advertising needs. All right. Now we're going to get into around the league, and we really only got to talk about two things today. First, OBJ. I have mixed emotions about OBJ and all of the hot press that he's been getting for where he's going to go, but certainly OBJ has been talented in the past, and I don't know where he is right now based on injuries and time away from the game, but OBJ is certainly a quality pickup for the Baltimore Ravens. And it it makes it a really cool story. I bet when uh, I bet when Lamar Jackson was reading his script for the offseason, he was like, "Yeah, I'm about to become the villain. He's gonna be the villain that he always wanted to be." Well, adding OBJ to the Ravens could potentially create a Batman and Robin situation. You may live long enough in Baltimore to see yourself become the hero again. Could you imagine if OBJ and I don't know, another talented individual goes to Baltimore 
and convinces Lamar Jackson to stay there and build with the Baltimore Ravens and come off of some of his money demands, that might actually work really well uh, and show Lamar that the organization is focused on bringing in talent to put around him and not making him the sole reason why they win or lose. Again, you already got Mark Andrews, who is a really good tight end. But I think providing him with some weapons from a receiver perspective certainly could make it a compelling case to keep Lamar there in Baltimore. I mean, because their receivers, there's like, I don't know, seven or 10 or 14 receivers in the league that had more receiving touchdowns than the whole Baltimore, <laughs> the whole Baltimore Ravens receiving core. That's crazy. You got to get some talent out there on the wings to give Lamar somebody to chuck the ball to. So adding OBJ to the Baltimore Ravens may very well turn out to be the kind of move that can keep Lamar in Baltimore. And if it doesn't, well, it will make for an interesting storyline when they finally get a new quarterback in Baltimore. And lastly, we're going to close out with Devin White wants out of Tampa Bay. So Devin White, solid linebacker out of Tampa Bay. He gets to the quarterback. He rushes the quarterback a lot and he gets a bunch of tackles and he has for like three years straight, but apparently he's done. And there was no uh, clear understanding on why the reports have not really told about the reasons why Devin White wants out of Tampa Bay, but it is very clear that he wants out. Tampa Bay doesn't want him to go, but Devin said, I'm out of here. Let me go sign with another team. Let me be traded. So right now there's going to be teams out potentially shopping Devin White. He would be an amazing pickup for anyone who needs a solid linebacker. I'm talking about someone who is definitely going to get you tackles, definitely going to put pressure on the opposing quarterback. He's going to be uh, a highly sought after candidate for individuals trying to shore up the middle of their defense. So Devin White, linebacker out of Tampa Bay, looking to get out of Tampa Bay. All right, guys, that is it for the day. As always, I appreciate you coming along on this journey with us as we talk NFC North football. And as I'd like to say so often on the show, next time when you come back, and I hope you come back, make sure you got your bags packed because we are heading north. I'm Detron. Peace. You talking about football? Yeah, but without NFC North. Now let's talk football.